0: Hear that podcast growling mean and angry Hear those coho shout him It's Danger and Jay.
1: Alright, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast Growling. Paul Diener Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic uh, are here with you. Very, very, very excited. Let me tell you, really excited to dive into this. How could you not be? It's just, it's real uplifting stuff. You know, when you, it's everybody's so happy, you know, everybody's so content.
2: It's just, it's just great, Jay. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> I don't know how bingo fans are doing, but I'm great. And, and you're right. This the, the weather kind of matches the mood, drizzly the last couple of days. Yep. It's just yeah, there's there's not a lot of sunshine on the horizon for this organization.
1: <laughs> no. We're going to try to find some though. You know, we're after once we once we sift through the mess and we we dive head first into the swamp. Uh talking about what to do with carlos and gino if you want to read more about my opinion on that that column is not is up on the athletic uh we will dive into that but then i, I, I want to play a game called give me hope jay okay a game called give me hope and we're going to try to
2: discuss hope
1: it just you know at some point we don't really have a lot of other options
2: this is outside of my wheelhouse but i'll give it a go <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're not normally about uh rainbows and sunshine. And I don't know how rainbowy or sunshiny it'll be, but we're gonna try to find some. Uh okay, so we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk a little bit about the trade deadline. A lot of that will be in reference to uh Carlos Dunlap and Gino Atkins. Uh Jay's got stats as you might imagine. Jay, man, wheeled out a doozy in the uh the latest final thoughts. Whew. We'll discuss that and more. I, it's still. I mean, you know, it's probably something like that. You know, you ass, you assume it's bad, and then you see it with your eyes, and it's like it stings the retina. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I thought about that ridiculous stat that you had in final thoughts. Um, I, speaking of ridiculous, shout out Monica Gleed and Ray White in the Bengals Growler bet. Last week was uh Joe Burrow passer rating, which ended up being seventy eight point three. Monica Gleet, who has been so close before. I it's at some point we're gonna have to just like just 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 give her a growler just for being this close. Seventy eight point two was the guess. Ray White, seventy eight point four was the guess. Ooh, so close. So close. There's a reason we're making it hard. You guys are getting too good at this. Uh, so no growlers this week, but shout out on some excellent guesses. Jay, you nearly nailed it.
2: Yeah. 77.7. I was, I was right there in the mix. I don't know. I know how to figure passer rating because there's that little calculator online that you can, you can use, but I don't know. Like for the, those people that missed by 0.1, I don't know what they would have needed. Like if there was one more incompletion, it probably would have affected it by more than 0.1. I don't know. I don't even know if they were tracking it as the game went along, but it wasn't like the week before where you're sitting right on it or you're sitting one yard off and then the, the one yard kneel down gets it for you. Um, it's a little hard to follow passer rating.
1: The growler gods give it the growler gods, taketh
2: away. (laughs)
1: Uh, Keep an eye out in the on the Growler episode on Thursday this week. We'll unleash this week's Growler bet for Bengals Browns, and we'll talk to Zach Jackson in Cleveland. Um, so keep an eye out for that coming on the Thursday episode. Uh, we will also we got a, we've got a couple delightful run passer boots here for you that I think you're gonna like. So uh, all right, let's uh, all right into the swamp. Here we go. We've got you know what we if you listen to the walkout on sunday you know the big thing coming out of this game was what is going on with the defensive line rotations what what is happening here i think there was a thought when sam hubbard went out okay i guess you'll see carlos dunlap back into the starting lineup uh and playing more since they've got to find some way to replace that uh you you have to play if gino can play 18 snaps of his first game back he's got he's got to play more guys are down everywhere inside he's got to play more and didn't Gino played basically the same amount he played in Baltimore and he gave you the same amount he he gave in Baltimore and that is zilch uh he has 37 snaps on the season he hasn't breathed the same air as the quarterback yet he doesn't have a single stat in the stat sheet not one not an assist not a tackle not a not anything uh and looks i don't know Dis, I, I'm not gonna say dis, he just—he looks—it just looks nothing. He looks like nothing. He looks ineffective. He's—he's he's a non-factor out there. You wouldn't even know he's out there. Um, Carlos Dunlap, uh, played what basically was his same third-down role. He ended up around 50 percent of the snaps, but Amani Bledsoe took over the starting role, uh, in front of him, and that. Didn't sit super well with uh, Carlos, as you might imagine. We heard more from him, and he, he decided to hold an Instagram live at seven o'clock last night, which turned into a rambling "look at me" session about I don't know. Jay, I tried. I was in there. You stayed? Did you stay for the whole thing? Because
2: I tried. I did. I kept waiting for a point to emerge. And <laughs> <laughs> the, the best I, at part a certain was- point. I was like, I can't. I can't. The best part was watching uh, his his teammates weigh in in the comments with uh, their their little. I think Will Jackson at one point said, "What are you even trying to say?" And uh, Jesse Bates threw the the face palm emoji, like three face palm emojis in there. (laughs) (laughs) And then Bobby Hart weighed in, and then the entire comment section turned into people bashing Bobby Hart and Carlos lecturing people on bullying that cyberbullying is one of the biggest problems in this. It was like, what are we even watching here?
1: <laughs> we're wa- we're you know what we're watching. We're we're watching it, we're watching a shit show, Jay, is what we're watching. And and you know, it's I think that's the Bobby Hart arrival, it turned out to be the highlight of the entire thing. Uh but you know I it it's just what has happened here from Carlos who has Carlos has been in effect I mean he is he is dead last in pass rush productivity uh on the team um he is I believe 47 out of 58 uh 58 qualifiers for edge rushers as far as pass rush productivity I mean he's it, it's, it's not he's not he's not making plays in the run game you know it's it's obvious like there's just a disconnect it's just not happening now You're gonna play the game of who's to blame, and we can if you want. I mean, there's no your coaching staff can't let the these relationships get this toxic, okay? Like these guys, I mean, they're older and they're nonproductive, and perhaps it is to do with age. I mean, I think certainly you're gonna you're expecting that, but obviously there's just a disconnect. But and you have these we've discussed the Marvin vets that are still hanging around that are sort of these guys that were core of the old group. And then there's this new group that has really taken over the locker room and that is sort of the Zack Taylor guys, if you will, or they're from the regime that have been brought in to take over things. And there's still a butting of heads there. They're still not, uh, you know, uh, all on the same, in the same boat here. And I think the the people on the outside, the people that are their unhappiest and most vocal and most, frustrated are it's this group it's it's these it's the Marvin Lewis vets we saw Sean Williams tweeting uh Carlos and you know Gino has been you know that has been kind of obvious um I guess Darius Phillips technically is involved in that uh put himself into that after before he played poorly on Sunday at some point like this is just a problem and we all everybody can see the writing on the wall here you know we we known I mean man we've talked about in the offseason like this is probably it for these guys for Carlos Gino I mean the contracts dictate it Gino Atkins play has dictated maybe he gets healthier and gets better I don't know if 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 health is what's holding him back and making him look like he looks right now then perhaps he should be on the IR uh but the these guys are going to be gone after this the year I think everybody knows it I mean it, it certainly appears it and and If that's the case, just end it now. If if you can get anything for these guys, great. I don't think you can. Um, I I don't see teams willing to take on these salaries in that production. They're watching the same tape you are. Um, Maybe you – if you can, obviously, yeah, go for it. But other way, you know what? Just cut it. Just cut it because them hanging around and holding Instagram Lives – and people wondering what they're complaining about and not offering anything in sub packages isn't doing anybody any good. It's not doing anybody any good. It's not helping you out of this rebuilding abyss you're in, any of it. So just at some point, what's, what, what, what are we doing here?
2: It's over. Just let it be over. Everybody move on. That's my thought. I mean, really, even before all this started happening in the last couple of weeks, the, the writing was on the wall. I mean, there's a reason neither one of those guys were voted captain this year. That's, and that says a lot. Now, Sean Williams was, and he's one of the ones that is, that's kind of popping off. He, I think he had one comment on social media, but it was clear. Darius Phillips said something about wasting talent, and, and Sean Williams chimed in with, um, yeah, not mine either. Um, but yeah, to, to to have neither Carlos nor Gino with the the skins on the wall they have uh, how long they've been here to have neither of them be voted a captain was telling and what was really telling um, yesterday was Josh behind Zoom when you asked him who were the leaders on this team and it was it was a it was a very entertaining. <laughs> dance I will say because he's a, he's a savvy veteran he knew exactly what you were going for and he asked you what the end game was and and you were telling him there's not going to be a follow-up question you just want to know and he he couldn't lie and say those guys but he didn't want to not say them and essentially call them out without calling them out it was just it was really interesting and it, and it said everything um his reluctance to to answer that question and with Gino, it almost, we questioned this before the season started. You know, would he opt out? It, you know, there was the $300,000 option and the $600,000. And it feels like he's taking the $16 million option and opting out without officially opting out. And I, I just, you're right. This is, it's going to fester and it's, it's, it's going to affect this, this locker room. Um, if it hasn't already. And, it, it seems like there's got it. There's going to be a butting of heads that it, it, the front office doesn't like to cut guys, uh, especially guys that are kind of asking for it. Um, but it, it almost feels like their their hand is going to be forced here. And I mean, I who knows? We'll, we'll both. We'll both of those guys still be on this roster in week 17.
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, maybe not active, yeah. uh, you know, but. What worked out better last year? You tell me this, Jay. <laughs> Letting go of Preston Brown and admitting the fault of a bad contract that they screwed up on midseason, or keeping Cordy Glenn around. What yeah. worked out better? You know, you should have done the same thing you did with Preston Brown with Cordy Glenn, and that and that's on it. This is to a that is to a lesser degree. Those two are far from the pre, you know prestigious figures in the big picture of this organization have these guys have done so I mean Geno Atkins may be the best defensive player ever drafted by the Bengals when it's all said and done. I think you could, you know, we could have that argument in the offseason. Certainly the best value pick in history for this team. Um and that and and that's great. And I think, you know, he'll be in on the fringes of some Hall of Fame conversation and won't get in. But still, I mean he's gonna you know he is has numbers that are fantastic, and he has done so much for some great teams around here. Carlos Dunlap might end up with the team sack record here if he can get another one. And and, and they earned that, and they were part of some some great defenses and some great teams, and they're beloved by fans, and, and all that's great. But at a certain point, you, you got to st- stop trying to recreate 2015. Stop trying to bring back s- some semblance of what people were and come to reality of what they now are and how you best move forward? These guys are not in the plans of the future of this team. How could they be? How could they be? And if that's the case, just move on. And and you know what? If that means playing uh, checks, notes, Amani Bledsoe, who whoever you or Margus Hunt. Hey, Mark's back. It's good to have a Estonian influence back. Shout out Dave Nimitz our our esteemed editor and proud estonian uh you know it's good to, it, that's if that's what it means then so be it the, the idea of hanging on to this and, and allowing this to just be part of okay we're, we're just going to hold on and hope that maybe at some point these guys decide not to or be able to offer something you know and there's and there's a school of thought here and i and i hear people yelling at me and I understand that I'm probably in the minority with this opinion of saying, you know what, shouldn't this be on the coaches to find a way to get it out of them? Yeah. They 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 hold some of the L here, for sure. For sure. But I don't think that's coming back. Like I just I I at a certain point I think you're better off just moving forward if you and and just say, you know what? This isn't this isn't working, especially if you could get anything for them in a trade. Again, I don't think that's going to be the case, but if you can, I also don't think that, you know, it doesn't appear that the Bengals have plans to do that, to try to move on. And so they're, you know, again, I I think it's a mistake, mistake not doing it at this point. I think you just move forward and just be done with it and just be done with it rather than hang on to it and let it fester below the surface here for another 10 games that you need to win that you need to keep people on board for because guess what it's going to get worse before it gets better people
2: it's, it's like a divorce where they're they're sticking together for the kids and <laughs> it, you just you just can't you you can't do that you it's gonna hurt there's going to be some pain involved financially not emotionally in this case but you just have to rip the band-Aid off and do it and 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 cut cut Bain. before we move on let's take a quick break to hear from a sponsor
0: claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package high-speed internet service required terms and restrictions apply. It
2: would be one thing for the coach say the coaches need to get something out of these guys. If, if it wasn't so obvious that they weren't going to be here in the future, I, I don't know that you, I don't know that you can get something out of these guys. And, um, I, I, don't know how much of it seems like you know Carlos is a lot of his is effort. I don't know how much of Gino is still the shoulder, um, how much of it is as, as I kind of said before, the the non-opt-out opt-out. Um, he was still productive last year. He wasn't great, but he was productive. And to have this huge of a fall off is kind of surprising. You always wonder about this when there's a trade, if the the new the change of scenery re- rejuvenates a guy would a team in dire straits on the defensive line be willing to give something enticing for one of those guys at the trade deadline and if they are would the Bengals be willing to take it I mean that's just not something they do last year was the most obvious time in the world to trade and they did not trade so yeah I don't I, I they do need to move on from them but The the obvious move isn't always the move that this organization makes. That's a fact. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, all you got to do is point to last year. I mean, it's the trade deadline where you had all these pieces, people were interested. You're 0 8. Like, that's it's it's a philosophical mindset. You know, we, you heard, um, if you guys listen on the athletic, uh, Mike Sando and Randy Mueller have a podcast, The Football GM. It's really good. Uh, it's it's very inside. I mean, if you know Sando, I mean, he does all the executive unfiltered stuff that we have. He's super connected. Randy Mueller is a former GM in this league for a long time. Um, they talked a few weeks ago about uh, what it's like calling the Bengals for a trade.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then it's just basically a non-starter every time, and nobody understands. And it, it, it makes it impossible. You don't even bother picking up the phone. Because the answer every time is we're happy with our team. They don't want to do it. You know, the line last year was basically, uh, you know, we—it's not our job to make other teams better. They, 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 they view giving away a good player as giving up on wins that they want to get this year, whether that year was lost or not, like last year. And to me, this—you know—look, there's Billy Price, John Ross, Carlos Dunlap, Gino Atkins. These are all guys that are. Past, I wrote about this. I think in the mailbag was that last week. I don't know. It all blends together. I am it lost. Those guys, you know, it's every question. Is, it's, it's about the they're they're not playing for you. If if anybody wants them, then you should be more than willing. I mean, any other team, it would make it be a no brainer. If anybody wants them, have at it. Anything. Bengals can end up with four extra seventh round picks next year. Good. Mm. then take it at this point because it's there. These guys are not doing you any good here. Maybe some other teams see some value in them. Make a deal. The bottom line is it's just not what they do to
2: a fault. I was going to say, it's almost like they're afraid if they trade somebody, it's like they're admitting they made a mistake that, Oh, we shouldn't have signed this guy or we shouldn't have drafted this guy. And you just, you, you can't run the team like that. You, you things change. I mean, no one, no one was mocking the billy price pick when it happened but it it just hasn't worked out um you, there's just a time like i said time to cut bait and you can't you can't worry about perception you can't you can't be punitive and keep a guy around here that doesn't want to be here it, it you just you have to make the move and it's just for whatever reason, I don't know, we, we're not inside that front office, but they they just refused to do it. Last in-season trade, 2011, Carson Palmer, where he retired and basically forced their hand. And it took the Raiders, giving them a ridiculous King's ransom, a first and a second round pick for, for Carson Palmer. Before that, you go back to 1985 and Dan Ross. Those are the last trades in Bengals history midseason. The Browns were offering them real things for A.J. McCarron. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Real things. Like multiple picks in rounds. (laughs) Like rounds before day four. And we can talk a lot about, uh, you know, Sashi Brown dying for their sins and, and everything that happened in those last five minutes of the absurd A.J. McCarron trade deadline debacle. But the bottom line is well before that, the Browns wanted AJ McCarron, and they wanted to give them something real. and They wouldn't even pull the trigger on it, like, and what they end up with, like a sixth round comp, nothing. You know, it just you see this stuff happen over and over again. They're bad at trading because one, they don't want to do it. They overvalue their own players, and their and they, you know, your reputation precedes you at certain points where you're just not going to get calls from people about stuff. And uh, and that's that's where so when people talk about trade, Carlos, you know the idea of that happening seems nil. Um, there doesn't seem any interest in even getting rid of them uh, outside of a, in the off season, which I think everybody realizes that's going to happen. Um, but until then, it look you know everybody enjoy this ride because I think you're going to stay on it for a while. I do want to bring in Lou Rumo with us from yesterday. Uh, sort of addressing Carlos Dunlap and Amani Bledsoe. Notice, notice the tone difference, and notice some of the wording between talking about Carlos Dunlap and t- talking about Amani Bledsoe, who was brought in here off the street from he was on Miami in like August, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I believe that's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, just notice the tone difference in what you're saying. It's, it's just, uh, it is what it is.
2: Carlos responded to his new role uh, the way that you uh, would like, or what's going on there? Um, you know, he had, I think he had one tackle yesterday. He had a pressure, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, on the quarterback. So, um, you know, we're just, uh, e- each and every guy is, is going to handle it differently, and, and we're just, we're, we're making decisions that we think are best for the team. So...
1: Bledsoe got one more snap than he
2: did yesterday. What have you seen from him, uh, Lou? You guys seem to have liked him kind of right away. Yeah, he's, uh, he's stout in the run game. Um, it's hard to move. Um,
0: tough. It's good effort. Young player. That's what I like about him. A lot of fans have asked us um, you know, why Carlos is not playing as many snaps as he has been uh, in recent years. Um, what, what's the best answer for why his role right now coming in primarily on third down though, yeah, just, and being which is now why is that best for the team? Well,
1: I just again, I just think it's a coach's decision and we've uh you know that's that's where we sit with it and we feel
0: like the guys that are out there give us in those situations give us the best chance to do well. That's the only reason.
1: All right, that was fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was fun. Uh you know, these are these are tough they're tough conversations that teams have to have, but at a certain point if you want to move forward, they're just things that you have to do and we have to talk about these conversations that they're having there. So there it is. Um, let's play a game of give me hope, Jay. Because that was really negative. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can come to terms with the fact that was quite a negative open. And there's maybe some people who didn't even stick around for it. We get we get uh podcast analytics and it shows how long people listen to every episode and when they check out. And it's usually the arcs are typically the same. You know, a lot of God love a lot of you. Y'all love to stick around to the end and appreciate it. I'm waiting to see how many people just dive out after that rant. <laughs> <laughs> if there's just a just like a just a just a straight cliff, uh after. That first segment was a little negative. Give me hope, Jay. Give me, give me hope. Why, why, you know, why, why should, why should anybody be believing in this, in where this team's going right now?
2: Man, that's a good question. Um, I, I, there is a young core here that you, you think they can build around if it, if it's not poisoned. I mean, the the linebackers that they drafted are playing. Well, the, uh, comparatively, comparatively to what they've had at linebacker, there's hope there at, at linebacker. Um, Joe Burrow's a number one reason for hope. I mean, you put pieces around him, and and he's he he struggled a little bit. You know, the pick was awful last week. The Baltimore game was bad, but there's enough there to see. I mean, four 300 yard games in the last five. That's the number one reason for hope right there. Um. And then just the the cyclical aspect of things. I mean, a, a lot of Bengal fans are still uh, bitter or disenfranchised from the 90s, which was such an awful decade. But that's a, that doesn't happen a lot. I mean, this team goes to five straight playoffs. Now they're looking at probably five straight non-playoffs. But it, it, everything is cyclical. And if it, 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 it's bound to come back around. And if you've got – Joe Burrow, you've got your franchise quarterback. That is the number one starting point. Where, if if you have the other right pieces in place, yes, this team can rebound. Now, for the end of this season, I don't know. It, it's hard to it's hard to find hope beyond the second half of what the schedule looks like after the bye. There's some winnable games there, but I don't know if teams if people think this is still going to turn around and they they've got a shot to flirt it. With five hundred, I'm not sure I can give any hope there.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you're 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 down to the late season surge of momentum, uh, giving you some belief, and then another player cycle, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you 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 look at what they were able to accomplish this past off season in free agency and in the draft, uh, and get some of their guys in, and then you would clear a lot of money phasing out the old guys that we spent a lot of time talking about in the beginning you you had you would have a lot of money I mean just you know Carlos and Gino alone clear you 20 million dollars on next year's cap okay think about what you can do with 20 million dollars I can claim that you can get a really good right tackle and right guard with that plus you'll have a top whatever pick uh you know you need to do better in the draft but you know what if you put How would you feel if the line had Jonah Williams at left tackle and Jonah Williams at right tackle? You know, that's you got to be your aim, right? You know, you with your top 10 pick, you want to you'd like to hit a right tackle there. Or maybe you decide there maybe not won't be one and you go get next year's Jack Conklin type or whoever um, and pay them and just value the line. Put a real line in front. You know, and and you can do that. I mean, think about the money they spent and what they did to the defense in free agency. Now, most of those guys are hurt. DJ Reader, Trey Waynes. Uh, the I mean, you can start right there. You're gonna get. You've gotten four games, and you you know we'll see if Waynes comes back. You may you may get a total of seven or eight total games combined from those two, out of thirty two. You know, your two huge deals that you made early in free agency. And that's not getting into Xavier Suofilo and the other, you know, I mean, the little list of guys that are hurt on free and that you brought in on free agency. So not everybody has injuries. That's not, I'm just saying, you know, you, you in theory have a lot of money you can go spend. You can do that again. You have free agency or you, you have the draft and, and you have, if you go get another T Higgins, I mean, you know what I mean? Like the, T. Higgins looks like a pretty good pick. The linebackers, I'm, I mean, they look like pretty good picks right now. Looks like they might have had a pretty good draft, and you're based on your draft. Jesse Bates is the real deal, and William Jackson III, if they resign him, maybe you keep him around. The bottom line is, you know, I do think the roster can be in a really good place, a much better place next year. I I don't know if this coaching staff is the coaching staff to do it, um, to get them there, they need to win some games to build that momentum at some point this year. They just do. I don't know if everyone will stick around for it if they don't. I mean, it's really hard to justify no changes on a team if they go, you know, 3-12-1 or something. Um, So, I, you know, that's going to be interesting. They, at some point, they have to find a way to win games and gain momentum this year to get the right to do that. Um, but if they can, I you know, you could see someone tweeted me last night uh twenty nineteen Cardinals, twenty twenty Bengals. And you know, it's obviously okay. Kyler Murray in his first year, they went five, ten, and one. They kind of played better towards the tail end of the season, and then they had, you know, they got more guys around them this year and confident in the system and yada yada yada, and they seem to be coming together now. Cliff Kingsbury and Zach Taylor were hired at the same time, but the quarterback entering the mix changes things. You could see something like that. I mean, you could see Joe Bur- Joe Burrow is going to take a big step in his second year. He is. I mean, he just is. That's what happens with quarterbacks, and you would expect that with him. It, it makes all the sense in the world, especially if you start putting some people in front of him. So, I that that alone, yeah, you could you could see something like that happening potentially. But they've got to win some games at some point. And it sounds like that's easier said than done.
2: So that's that. That's my hope, I guess. It's well, if you want to, you want to talk about winning games. Um, I, I can give you some statistical hope for this week, because yes, they're, they're playing the Browns. And you know, when we a couple of weeks was it last week, two weeks ago, we talked about this gauntlet they were facing. But all of a sudden, I think people were looking at the Browns a little differently after they got blown out again. Lost, got blown out by the Ravens on the road, got blown out by the Steelers on the road. Um, they've, they've played three road games this year and given up 38, 38 and 38 points. So there's good news for the Bengals offense right there. The, the other piece of this is, you know, I kind of wrote about it in, in pick six about how a lot of coaches don't survive blowing a 21 point lead. Um, and, and, and part of that is because usually bad teams are the ones that do blow those kind of leads. Um, and teams have kind of spiraled out of control after that kind of collapse, but it takes a little bit. Actually, I went back and I looked at the, the week, the immediate game following blowing a 21 point lead and the, the teams are 11 and 0. The week after blowing, the last eleven teams to blow a twenty-one point lead are eleven and O the following week. Wow! Now, now there's 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 three game three teams followed a twenty-one point collapse with a bye week, and they came back and they went one and two the week after the bye. But but when teams play the the following Sunday after blowing a twenty-one point lead, the last eleven are eleven and O. The last team. To lose, to blow a 21 point lead, and then lose again the following Sunday, are your Bengals in (laughs) 2010 uh, when they blew that lead against the the Bills, the 21 point lead against the Bills, and then they turned around and lost the following week, 26-10 to the Jets, but. It, it, yeah, and I was shocked by that because you would. I kind of wrote about is it, it like the, a loss like that, blowing a big lead. It can either galvanize a team or it can it can signal a collapse. And for it's just, I just thought that was amazing that that eleven straight teams have bounced back the following week. Now, some of them have played really bad teams, but on that list, the the 2015 Buccaneers beat a six and one Falcons team. The 2014 49ers with Harbaugh after blowing their lead turned around and beat the 11-4 Cardinals the following week. The Broncos in 2013 blew a big lead, turned around, and beat the 9-2 Chiefs the following week. So there's there's quality teams on there that it just for whatever reason, I, I think maybe there's – who knows? Who knows what goes on in practice during the week, uh, what the, the looking in the mirror aspect. But yeah, blowing a huge lead like that uh, – it tends to it tends to rebound in a positive way the following Sunday. That is a wild stat, Jay. Look at you 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 are <laughs> unearthing the nuggets this week. This on the heels of your
1: final thoughts that dropped out the ninety five and one record.
2: Yeah, you know, on that one, I I, I had originally looked up teams that blew twenty one or teams that took twenty one point leads and what their record ended up, and it was. Since the start of 2016, it was like 282 and one, but that wasn't it wasn't really fair because that was a 21 point lead at any point in the game. So you know it could be 10 to 10 at half, and then you're you're 31 10 in the fourth quarter. Of course, you're going to win that game. What I looked at for the number you referenced there is teams that built 21 point leads in the first half, and until Sunday, they were 93 and 0. Uh, Now they're 95 and one. The Dolphins and Steelers both built 21 point leads and won on Sunday. Bengals bill a 21 point first half lead and of course lost so 95 and one since the start of 2016.
1: unbelievable it's just, <laughs> Jays got <laughs> stats wow I mean that is some wild wild stuff I I mean wow yeah I, by the way a little nugget about that 2010 Bengals Jets game I remember it vividly for the fact that they had it was a Thursday night game they had to play on the heels of that loss. And all their corners got hurt. They literally had to start a dude off. They pick up off the street on a short week. His last name was Wade and <laughs> go to New York and play. And they lost. I mean, they, 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 it was literally your starting corner was on the street on Monday. And they had to trot him out there on Thursday in Mike Zimmer's defense. Um, it did not go well, and uh, yeah, they lost twenty six ten. But I, that's the one thing I remember about that game was they had no hope going in. They had no, they had no hope. But eleven and zero. There is anything that happens in this league, and the uh, teams go eleven and zero the next week. I'm on that trend. I will yeah. say that. Look, so look at you, deliverer of hope uh, and sadness at the same time. Good for you.
0: Let's stop for a second and take a quick break. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We have a run
1: run passer boot here to get to that we need to do. Um, Run passer boot. I like this. I like to say, I'll let you. I'll let you do it because you you earned it. This was your baby that you came up with. I won't. <laughs> I right. won't try to steal any thunder on
2: it. Yeah. Right. So hopefully, if you if you're gonna get this, you, you've been following our our losing time stat. But this is the run passer boot. What, well, what let's num- update
1: people on losing time then. Losing time oh. is the last two minutes of the first half, otherwise known as when the Bengals lose. <laughs> yes,
2: and, and they it's the it's it's if they give up points in the final two minutes of the first half, it's happened in five out of six games this year. The only time uh, was the Justin Tucker
1: missed field goal and the inter- they had the interception and then the Justin Tucker missed a field goal.
2: Right, and it 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 predates this season. It predates Zach Taylor. This goes all the way back. It's thirty-seven of the last fifty-four games. They've given up points in the final two minutes of the first half, so it's just it, it's amazing. It's it's one of the the weirdest trends I I think I've ever seen. So that's what losing time is: giving up points in the final two minutes of the first half. So for this run passer boot, what number will be higher at the end of the season? Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins sacks that combined number. AJ Green receiving touchdowns. Or losing time stops? Losing time stops, that's games in which they don't give up points in the final two minutes of the first half. So currently, the Carlos and Gino number is at one, the AJ touchdown number is at zero, and losing time stops is at one. So which number will be greater at the end of the season?
1: That's This is, this is just um, a beauty. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I mean – I could make a real argument for any of them. I will say this: I think Gino and Carlos sacks tend to be lucky. It, the actual act of getting the sack can often be lucky. Um, you know, chasing a guy down out of bounds or pressure just runs him right into you. Whatever. So I'll, I'll put Gino and Carlos sacks at five combined. AJ touchdowns, you know he doesn't have one yet, but he I mean there's a lot of encouragement to be drawn from his performance in Indy. So, I will I mean 10 games, you know, I want to say I honestly want to say 5 with that. But I'll 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 say so if I say 5 with that, uh 5, I'll say I'll say less. He might get hurt. So four. And then losing time stops. I mean, ten games, I will say three stops. So I'm running. I guess I'm running with know and Carlos Sachs due to the luck factor. I am gonna pass on AJ touchdowns, and I'm <laughs> booting losing time stops. It's just it just keeps happening too much. I can't I can't you know see it stopping at this point.
2: So when you say three for losing, you're you're saying they're going to get three more, or the they're going the to. The I, the, th- I think they're
1: going to get. I think they're going to get three. Oh, so yeah, I guess plus the one they already have one. They yeah. already have one. So yes, okay, so I guess four for that. Well, that's even more troubling. Uh, I'll keep it the same. I will still boot losing time stops.
2: All right, I'm going to run with AJ touchdowns. I think what we saw Sunday there's the, there's there's still something left in him and he, he can be a weapon in the red zone. And, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't getting great separation, but that's not going to be his game anymore. He's running by guys. so I think that's, he, he's going to be a, 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 pretty effective red zone target. Now that him and Joe kind of have a little bit of a, a connection going. Um, I I'll pass on the G, Carlos and Gino sacks. I, I, that, that number, Carlos is one away from Eddie Edwards record. That means something to him. He's talked about that since he's been here. That has been a goal of his to, to leave here as the franchise leader in sacks. He's going to need two more to own it. He's one away from tying it. Um, And then, you know, like you said, Gino could, he could get, he could be the guy that taps down a quarterback that, that flushes or that tries to run up the middle and it's a, a zero yard gain. And he's the one that taps him down. It's a, it's a, it's a zero sack, a zero gain sack. Um, so I'll pass on that. I'm, I'm going to put AJ in the in the five range. I'll put Carlos and Gino in the four range, and I'm I'm going to boot losing time stops too. It's just it's just too much of a trend, and it's 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 bad. It's not like teams are oh sometimes they get a field goal at the one fifty six mark. It these are like teams taking the ball and milking the very last seconds and punching it in for the dagger right before they go into halftime, which Zach Taylor admitted a couple weeks ago, it affects you. You walk into halftime. It totally, it changes the momentum. It changes the mood. It changes everything. Um, I I'll, I'm with you. I, I think maybe they get two or three more of those, but I'll, I'll boot losing time stops.
1: It's a good one. It's a really good one. I, I like that. I like that one a lot. Um, we should we should sneak in here we we kind we brought his name up earlier um and I don't think this is um, a surprise to anyone uh, it's the first we've seen it a sort of officially reported Mike microffalo from NFL network uh, reporting that John Ross's reps have requested a trade um you know I, I look we talked about the Bengals in trading earlier now this is a piece that Will not be back. Has no current role, and there's even options to bring up another receiver on the practice squad and Stanley Morgan, who at least gives you uh, some help as a gunner, who he was very good at this year, and they've struggled with this year. Yes, trade. John Ross requests trade. Okay, does team any team request John Ross? You know, I mean, are teams out there? If they are, if some team sees that untapped speed, and we've talked about that a little bit, that if there maybe is something, maybe some team feels like he just is not being used correctly, and the Bengals don't know how to use him, um, multiple coordinators at this point, um, then so be it. Um, I'm sh- I would think that that would be easy if some team would offer you something for a guy who you basically who's been a healthy scratch, um, and you know what he they gave him one snap, he got one snap. I think he got one snap in a game where Auden Tate was hurt and inactive. It, yeah, like, sure. It's to me, it's sort of a non fact Like, I I don't. If you get anything back for him, then great, make a deal, cool. I don't. I don't know who's calling about John Ross. Somebody.
2: Well, if they're calling, they're going to ask the Bengals to eat a lot of his contract. He his cap hits five and a half million this year. Um, but yeah, if you can get a pick. Get a pick for that guy. You're not going to use him anyhow. Uh, why wouldn't you? I mean, you just look at look at their their cap hits this year and what they're getting for for their top paid guys. I mean, the top three cap hits are AJ Green, Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap. We've already talked about those guys not getting hardly anything. Um, William Jackson is fourth. Tyler Boyd fifth. You you'll take that. But then Bobby Hart is sixth. John Ross is ninth. Sean Williams is eleventh. I mean, that's you can't win games when, when you're top 11 guys, half of them are, are barely producing. You sure can't.
1: Uh, and that's part of the mess that they're in right now. Um, bad drafts, bad contracts. Um, this is not a secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you can't whiff on a bunch of first-round picks and and your biggest contracts that you pay out and win. Like... You can't um, and that's why and that's why they're in the mess there. It's part of why they're in the mess that they're in but they have a lot of other questions to answer. Um, yeah, as far as the John Ross trade thing goes, I think, hey, if a team offers a trade, that would be great. I don't know that that's going to happen and maybe maybe some team just sees speed and nothing else and says, hey, let's give it a shot. We don't have we don't have any. Okay, maybe they'll maybe that will work for them. Um maybe uh all right well that about wraps us up uh we of course will be back with the growler on thursday thanks again to the Bengal boys uh for their music smooth jazz this week so they're gonna they're gonna send us whatever their theme is that they're doing every week with a new with new music every week jay very exciting
2: very exciting yes. <laughs> cannot wait for the hard rock hard. The- jay
1: you got the you got the request for some hard rock speed metal is that what we call it? Is that what you want?
2: <laughs> well, those are two different. I'll, I'll take either or. But <laughs> but yeah, I prefer the hard rock. But Speed Metal would be interesting for a short clip. I'm not sure I want to listen to a three-minute song of Speed Metal. <laughs> the, the, the smooth jazz is very entertaining. They, they have a YouTube video of, of uh, that clip. And it's it's. It's an irritating watch. It is. It is. Yeah, absolutely. These guys do great stuff. We
1: had them on the Growler last week in case you missed out on that and the story behind that music. Uh, thanks to them for all that they've done for us here at the show. So, anyway, we'll be back with the Growler. Zach Jackson uh, uh, will join us to talk about Cleveland coming off their uh, demoralizing loss in Pittsburgh and uh, much, much more. So, anyway, thanks everybody for listening to hear that podcast growl. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.